The views expressed on the following show may not be those of the guests, hosts, or WSPN. Talk Saratoga is produced by Saratoga Broadcasting Incorporated and may not be reproduced in part or in whole unless written approval is given. Now, the hosts of Talk Saratoga, Rick Thompson and Lynn Goodness. All right, good morning and welcome to Talk Saratoga <clears throat> again on this um, November 11th. <clears throat> Veterans Day uh, 2023, and uh, time just keeps moving along. I think uh, Thursday, this past Thursday, was two weeks before Thanksgiving, and I just can't believe it. I mean, it, it seems like the 4th of July was here not too long ago, and now we're getting ready to um, celebrate Thanksgiving. I do, Nancy, I do a... Um, the company I work for does uh, Skidmore runs from the uh, case center to the horse barn, and and I do a couple during the week in between my regular runs, and um, I uh, just lost my train of thought on what I was going to say. Something about the horse barns here at Skidmore. Yes, the horse barns at Skidmore, but I forgot what I was going to bring into it, so I may interrupt you uh, <laughs> if we go along. Uh, my mind is not uh, working today, but uh, I was talking about the songs I played after, like, the fifth one, and I forgot to have my mic on, so there was dead air for the time that I was talking about. But in any case... Uh, Oh, I know what it was. So I was in the bus. I was in another bus that a guy uses because there was no school yesterday. And I turned the radio on to 98.3. And um, what came across in the music is I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. They're playing Christmas music already. I know. I don't I don't like it. I like it the day after Thanksgiving. Exactly. I mean, I think Thanksgiving is the most forgotten holiday that there is. Uh, mm -hmm. We go from Halloween to the next day when you go in the stores, they have all their mm -hmm. Christmas decorations. And, and I know there's not many decorations or whatever for Thanksgiving, but, but they could leave the fall decorations up a little bit longer. Yeah. But uh, in any case, if you want a Christmas tree uh, or a wreath or whatever, you can go buy it now and then don't hang it up until after Thanksgiving, please. Mm -hmm. But in any case, Nancy, you are... Um, You've expanded your horizons yeah, and expanded since my you were on repertoire. last. Yes. Yeah. I'm having a photo exhibit tomorrow in the state park. It's you a are. free event. And it's in the Roosevelt 2 building. I know that there, there's not great. There's new signs in the state park, but they're not that big. And they're, you know what I mean? Like the signage in the state park could be better. But okay. it is in the Roosevelt 2. So if you know where the Roosevelt spa is. And you're standing directly in front of it, looking across the lawn. It's that building across the lawn. So it's actually before you get to the Roosevelt Spa State Park parking okay. lot. And again, where do you come in from on Broadway? Off of Broadway? Well, yes. If you come in from the Avenue of Pines, you would just go around, you know, where the little spa theater is. Yeah. You would keep going around there. Okay. So when you come to the stop sign, instead of taking a left to go to Victoria Pool, you would take a right. And okay. it's the building immediately to your right. In fact, it's the building where Wired Coffee is in. So if you can see, and there is signage for that out front. So if you can find the sign that says Wired Coffee, 
you will find where my event is. And it's inside that building. Now, tell us a little bit about the event. I mean... Well, it's... it's, I take so many pictures, and people have told me over the years, oh, you should sell your work, you should sell your pictures, your pictures are really pretty. And most of the pictures that I took, most of them, not all of them, were with either my camera phone Mm -hmm. or a little Sanyo camera back when I was a reporter. I had like a little Sanyo camera that I bought at Walmart and I used and, and, you know, it worked pretty good. I mean, now that I have all this expensive equipment, I don't have time to use it. So most of the pictures in the show tomorrow are from that were taken years ago. Okay. So the next show will be stuff that I'm using with my new with my new very expensive equipment that i hardly ever use (laughs) (laughs) because i don't have time (laughs) isn't that the way i know and now you're working full-time yeah and um you know over the years that i've known you you uh you did a lot of writing Mm -hmm. and editorializing Mm -hmm. and um which was great i mean you're always uh i always um this may not be a good comparison, but to me it is. Whenever I had Chris Matisson on the show, mm-hmm. I mean, he was always a straight shooter, whether you liked it or not. And that's one thing I respected him for. Um, and you were always the same way in your writings. I mean, you told it like it was. You didn't care what people thought. I didn't sugarcoat anything. Right, you didn't sugarcoat anything. And, uh, you know, there you go. So uh, now you're back into it full swing and um, back into doing more creative stuff. Okay, You know, I think that the older I get, you know, you realize you're running out of time. So I want to do what I want to do. You know, nobody's nobody's on their deathbed saying, I wish I could spend some more time at work. Right? I know, I know. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I feel the same way, although, you know, I want to go another 20 years, which mm-hmm. may not happen. But uh, I think everybody looks back and wishes they can do things over again. But in realistically, if if you're in a good spot now, um, I don't think I, I may want to do things better. But I wouldn't change things because I'm happy in the place I am now. And if you did things differently, who knows where you would be. And, you know, so, but I think everybody has regrets. But I think you should do what you enjoy doing and to to the best of your ability. And um, like you said, you don't want to look back and say, geez, right. I wish I should have done this or, or Well, whatever. I think the older we get, we know that, you know, time is not exactly on our side. So I might as right. well be doing things and, you know, that I want to do and stuff that's been on my list of things to do for a long time. Sure. So I'm just now just checking off the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an avid list maker. I love making lists. I, I'm more likely to accomplish something if it's on my list of things to do. Yeah. Well, I... I always wanted to do, uh, of course, when you're younger, you don't have the time. Um, usually, you don't have the time to do it. And uh, I always wanted to, to travel to some places that uh, have meant a lot to me. My grandparents were from Italy, and I still have family over there, although they probably wouldn't know my side of the family anymore because they're so young, you know, all the older ones have passed away but still get over there to see where he was born and they they own a restaurant and a mm-hmm. hotel and a motel so i and my whole family's been over there except for me i'm the only one out of 20 but you've never been over there never been over there i've always wanted to go to china 
because I I think that the Chinese culture is uh, so old, and they have a lot of wonderful history that goes back thousands and thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it would be kind of neat to go over and, and see that. And I have a friend over there now oh, nice. that keeps saying, you know, why don't you come over? I and, do remember you telling me that. Yeah. yeah. And I have a friend who um, is from Hawaii, lives in Hawaii. And she's over here uh, going to school. And she always says, Rick, why don't you come and visit Hawaii? You know, I, I, I'd love to have you come over so I can show you around. Well, now I don't want to travel. <laughs> I'm to the point where I, I can't put up with the, I can't even imagine putting up with a six hour flight or worse. Uh, going well, if to you go China to China, it's a like a 24 hour yeah, flight. Yeah. 24 hour flight. I mean, I just can't do that anymore. I don't think I'd be able to handle that either. No. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, so in that respect, I wish I had done done that different, you know, but uh, I don't know. I, like I say, there are some things you look back at, but I wouldn't change much of anything other than flying. Uh, mm -hmm. And back then, flying may not have been as safe as it was today. But So let, let's um, talk about what you're doing now. Uh, yeah, what I'm doing now is just ticking off my creative, creative goals. One of them was a photography exhibit. This will be my first show. Like I said, maybe the next show will be done. You know, the, the photos from the next show will be done from all the expensive gear that I have. We'll see. And it'll be a different theme. So, mm -hmm. so this theme of this show is called the Saratoga Experience. Okay. And as you know, my experience of Saratoga is a little different. I grew up here in Saratoga. I'm an orphan child. Mm -hmm. My maternal grandmother raised me. She was the housekeeper of the president of Skidmore, Pala Mountains. Really? Yep. And uh, back then, the Pala Mountains had the house on uh, Circular Street before okay. they moved up to North Broadway. Um, you know now what house Skidmore, I'm talking about? Yeah. Was Skidmore down that area then, or had, had yeah? This most been... of, most of the Skidmore properties were on Union Avenue, Regent Street, Circular Street. That was the original Skidmore campus, Spring okay. Street. In fact, some of the some of the buildings still have the little placards on them that'll okay. say like South House, uh, the physical annex, the one that's on Regent Street. That was one of their houses. Yeah. So they had. A lot of property yeah. back then, and and when I was a kid, Skidmore was still an all girls school. Oh yeah, they didn't was... go coed till like I think nineteen seventy four. Right, that was I, almost I fifty years up... ago, which is hard to believe. But... Yeah, I know it. I grew up when it was an all girls school, and not that I was of the age yet, but I always remember um, the uh, young college kids from my area used to come up to. To uh -huh. Saratoga because it was an all-female school, and Friday right. and Saturday nights they could go out to places. Right. The only one, Caroline Street was probably so big. I didn't move up here until '86 after I got married, but uh, the Rafters, I guess, was a big. Um, yep, that hangout. was a little bit before my time, but yeah. I remember adults talking about it when I was a kid. Like yeah. they talked about it with such reverence. Yeah. Well, don't say, don't say that, because <laughs> I remember it. So was but it I was as good as kid. they said. I was only five years old at the time, so <laughs> I, you know, I, I uh, no, but the, what is the 
you know, I'm not even going to remember the name of the street, but it's on the corner of Union. And as you're coming west, it's the end of uh, Union. And if you went straight, you'd hit that city display they have there. Right, which used to be a, a thoroughfare. Oh, okay. East, East Congress, it's oh, called. All right. But the, the big house on the corner was a Skidmore building, too, I think. And it's Empire State. Yes, Empire, Empire State, State bought but some it was of the a property. Skidmore, correct? It was. Yeah. It was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it was fascinating that the college was all split up all over the... Well, can you imagine, like, going... It, like, your dorm was in a big Victorian home. That well, must have been kind of cool. Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it must have been very interesting. Now, my wife's aunt, my father-in-law's sister, used to go there back in the, my goodness, probably the 30s, mm -hmm. I would think. And uh, it must have been pretty neat uh, going... That with the college so separated like that, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, a small town, well-known college, and um, uh, not one campus like it is now. Yeah, right. It was a, a little different back. Well, back. this was a private estate. This camp, this Skidmore campus right here. Oh, really? Was a private estate. It was called Woodlawn. That's how Woodlawn Avenue got its name. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And now they're one of the largest landowners in Saratoga Skidmore College, I think. I didn't know that. I think so. Yeah, I mean they they have all the woods oh, in the right. back here to Skidmore. But all woods. that, but all that property on Union Avenue was sold. Which oh, is kind of sad. It? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, well, the college was probably going bankrupt. I mean, like a lot of colleges, and I think that's one of the reasons why they went co-ed. Oh, I'm sure. You know, they were hemorrhaging money, and they needed to get rid of stuff. But... Well, there's very few uh, colleges that aren't co-ed today. Right. I mean, there there were a lot, like yeah. I remember Virginia Military Academy, mm -hmm. that was a big thing back in the 90s mm -hmm. or early 2000s was all male, and that now has changed. I think there's very few um, that are just, you know, one sex or the other, but uh, in any case, so you do go way back, though. <clears throat> I do. And uh, I can imagine, now, you ever, now are you writing a book? I have a book of essays that I've been writing for the past like three years. Okay. Well, that's. <laughs> I'm going to publish it soon. I promise. Yes. <laughs> I just, you know, got busy doing doing stuff. You know, just you know how it is. I know. You get busy, and society is so much more expensive now. And you know, every time I'd get like a, a little bit ahead, I would be set. You know, I have a couple of setbacks and stuff. Sure. But, Things are moving forward now. So all I have to do is really publish the book. It's already written. I, I just have to publish oh, it. Neat. So that's my next project right after this one. Well, life takes us in different yeah. paths, too. I mean, you can't, if you, you know, concentrate on one thing, then mm -hmm. a lot of other parts of your life falls apart. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the pressure, too. I mean, I have a lot of pressure. I get up in the morning and pressure. I look up and there it is hanging yeah. over me. And it looks down and it says, oh, Rick, you're going to be drinking early today. Yeah. And, and I don't drink. So. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, have you ever thought about putting your pictures to a book with stories? Oh, like, uh, like a coffee table book? Yeah. 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 That's a good idea. That's yeah. a good idea. I might do that. You know what? My I, pictures of Saratoga are a little different. I mean, everybody has certain shots of Saratoga, and we've all seen them. You know, there's the clubhouse picture with the little jockey statuettes. Mm -hmm. There's that. You know, and, and of course I have that, but it's not in the show. I have the whole point of doing this show was to show Saratoga in, from from my point of view, a little little bit different. You know what I mean? Like the different angles. Everybody's got a shot of the Bachelor Mansion. 
But I like the house, Nolan House across the street. You know, that's my one of my favorite houses sure. in Saratoga. So everybody has like the normal everyday shots of Saratoga. There's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's got spit and spat. Everybody's got the bachelor mansion. But I have different shots of Saratoga. One that I think that most people don't see. I mean, they might see it when they're out for a walk, but they don't really. You don't see it on postcards. You don't see it in, in the usual Saratoga pictures. So that's why I call it the Saratoga experience. Yeah. It's, that's it's why funny. I think uh, doing a book would be, and your pictures would be good because it's not the pictures that everybody else has. You know, right. it would be a different take on Saratoga. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I think you could do well there. And, well, thank you, Rick. Thank yeah. you. Well, I, I mean, you do good work, so Thank why you. shouldn't you kind of take it to the next level, you know? And Thank today you. with self-publishing. Yeah, and, there's no excuse uh, not to. Right. Because back in the day, it was complicated. You needed to know people, and you had to have a lot of money. But yeah. now it's... it's. I know several have people to. that have self-published and, uh, and have mm -hmm. done pretty good at it, you mm -hmm. know? And, uh, of course, the name Saratoga always sells. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, I have to too, plug the Saratoga Arts Council because they did give me a $500 grant excellent. for this work. And so I, I got to give credit where credit is due. Of course, okay. I spent some of my own money putting on the show as well. And um, I, I was really grateful to be awarded, you know, I, I, a, a lot of people in town because for a while... Uh, the Saratoga Arts Council had this reputation. I mean, it's changed hands now. They don't have the same director, but there was one particular director that had been there for a very long time. I'm not going to say the person's name, right. but, but the Saratoga Arts Council had a reputation for not funding Saratoga artists. And you'd think, like, how is that possible? It's called the Saratoga Arts Council. But they would find everybody but people from Saratoga. And, and they would fund them and they would have shows on because I know a lot of artists in town and one in particular, I'm not going to say who it is, but even that person had the same, you know, same um, opinion about it. It's like, I, I don't know. I've been in this town for, you know, X amount of years. My work is well known. I, I show my work everywhere, but I can't get my show at this particular venue, which seems strange. But now there's different directors. They seem to change them frequently, maybe so that, you know. Get a new perspective. Right, on... exactly. And I think that's good. I think that's smart. I do wish the Saratoga Arts Council was open more. I, I can't tell you how many try, times I tried to drop my flyer and my poster off there. And every time I did, it was closed. No kidding. Yeah, it was closed. And, uh, you know, I work a lot. I work like a 40-hour work week. And, um you know, I, I'm limited with the amount of time I can do the flyering and the postering, and I did most of it myself. And uh, I had to finally just mail them one because every time I would go there, they would be closed. That's yeah, it was what, weird. It's weird. Well, just like the visitor center. How come the visitor center is not open on the weekends anymore? Uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, and I don't know, it, my view of Saratoga. Uh, you know, like I said, when I got married, I moved up here in, in 86. And um, I I was, like, taken with Saratoga. I remember coming up when I was younger, and even though Saratoga wasn't dead, it, it, it wasn't anywhere near what it is today. And back in the 80s, it started to change over. We had great um, citizens uh that a lot of citizens helped the city 
uh, and the chamber uh, do a lot of work into building the city back up. And we had a director of public works who, well, was a great guy for the city, but eh, he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But he was good for the city and had a, a vision of what he wanted it to look like. And, you know, it's kind of changed from the, and I'm not going to say small town look, because when it got bad, uh, when it started building up, we had the city center and we were drawing conventions in, but it still had that small town feel. And you don't get that anymore. You get, we're a resort city now. And I, we've kind of lost that small town mentality and closeness and that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's reflected in a lot of different things because they want to appeal more to outside uh, the area uh, attraction, whether it be artists or uh, plays or performances or whatever. And kind of the locals don't get what they did back then. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes back to, to a little bit of what you said just now. Why why isn't the Art Council open more? I mm -hmm. mean, it's... Uh, when you think with all these hotels like the Adelphi and everything in such close proximity to those hotels, you would think that they wouldn't want to be open. You would think that they would have a show every weekend. I mean, certainly if I were the director, I would be having some sort of an event every weekend and yeah. I would be getting in touch with every, you know publicity person at each hotel or front desk person at the hotel saying, listen, this is what I got going on. Why don't you send your people over? Yeah. Or the chamber even pushing uh, right. for local uh, artists to, uh, you know, to, to do their thing in yeah. Saratoga. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, it's, it's hard to figure out. That's why it I is hard do, to figure that's out. That's why I do this and I don't get involved mm -hmm. in, in a lot of things. But, but you and I see the potential just like there's part of that. There's that, Big parking garage, and on the side that faces Lake Avenue, that to me mm -hmm. is a missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like, I think somebody like Frankie Flores should be painting that side of the parking garage or somebody. They could give, you know, an opportunity, an open call, if you will, for artists. And then this gets your work shown. It's a conversation piece, and it beautifies the city. Who wants yeah. to look at a, a brick? you know, a side of a brick building that's a parking garage. Nobody. Yeah. And you could you could dress it up. I mean, they do it. I see all sorts of posts on Facebook. I'm sure you see them as well of other countries where they, they paint every wall with a big, huge mural. It's, yeah. it's, it's really amazing. Well, you know, I mean, not to get way off your subject matter, but when, when I moved up here, you had, um, I mean, Saratoga is a Victorian city. And you really can't do anything here to change that uh, thinking, which is good. I mean, we want to keep that. But when they built these condos, they threw up these four-story brick buildings. And I always thought, why didn't they just put shutters on the side of the window and paint them Victorian colors? If they're going to use red brick, I mean, make it look a little Victorian. Mm -hmm. um, you couldn't get away with that if you were building a home downtown or, mm -hmm. or a business on Broadway. Right. And they wouldn't let you. They You're won't right. let you. But they threw all these condos up that are just mm -hmm. brick, and they don't fit in with the decor of the city. Mm -hmm. And I always wondered why that was. Mm -hmm. I, I just, uh, I mean, I think I know why that was, but 
Well, and then there's like mysterious kind of things in Saratoga. Like, remember the Pavilion Grand? Yeah. All of a sudden, it turned into apartment buildings. It's like, well, when did that happen? I don't remember hearing anything about it. Do you? No. It's not a hotel anymore. It's condos now. Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to get into um, after talking a little bit about the election results. Surprises. Yeah, let's I do, do want to get into housing crisis because I don't think that's ever going to change in Saratoga. Right. If you want to talk about that first. Yeah, either, either because one. Because we, 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 we can morph into that off yeah. of the change in hotels. My belief, and this is only my opinion, uh, not being a, a native Saratogian, which I don't know what that means anymore, but uh, I've always believed that you're a native Saratogian because you were born here. Yeah. I'm a Saratogian. People say, well, you're not a real Saratogian because you weren't. Well, you born, have to be here 20 here. years. That's yeah, you got to be here. Right? Well, I've been here 20 years, and right. but I paid taxes ever since I came up here. So right, that, right. I think that makes you a, a citizen <laughs> anyway. But I don't think there will ever be a period in our history from now on where there won't be a housing crisis. And I mean for middle-income workers, middle- and lower-income workers, because everything we build is geared for the $400,000 and up uh, condos or apartment rents now are $2,000, mm -hmm. $1,500, $1,500 mm -hmm. a month. And I don't see building i mean developers and builders are not going to build huge apartment buildings for uh modest rent when for working class for people. working class they're, they're people because the properties are so expensive and they have to make they're in it for money right so we all we talk about the housing crisis for years i mean our mayors and 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 the county has talked about uh, the housing problems we have and that they're they're going to try and figure out what to do. I don't think they will ever be able to do it. Well, I think you and I touched upon this uh, at a, on a previous radio show we did. Mm -hmm. And I said there have never been more nonprofit agencies to help homeless people or low income people now. But we st the housing situation and the homelessness is out of control. So for for every nonprofit agency, there's just seems to there just seems to be a proliferation of all of these social problems. If it were as simple as just giving somebody an apartment and sticking them in it, which which is where I'm going with this, I right. I live in an apartment building in Boston Spa. I won't say what apartment building it is, but Ooh. if you're if you know the area, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's considered affordable housing. Okay, so. I live there and I pay rent, but the majority of people in the building don't. That's the problem. So I can tell you that this particular agency, who I'm not going to name, took people from that were living in the back of the woods on West Avenue in Saratoga, all the homeless people, mm -hmm. and gave them an apartment. Now, that's all fine and good. Okay. And you and I are both conservatives, right? So... The liberal idea is if we just provide an apartment for everybody and stick them in it, then we've solved the problem of homelessness. But you and I know better than that because it doesn't solve the issues of why they became homeless in the first place. Right. Drug addiction, alcoholism, mental illness, family dysfunction, uh, generational trauma. None of those issues are being addressed. No, they're and not. That's the and, and you know what? Uh, the sad thing about it is, is that 
anyone at any time can become homeless. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it, I think most people are just a couple paychecks away from being homeless. Right. And it, it's sad. And especially in, in our area here. Because or you're one crisis away from being homeless. Exactly. Like if you have a medical event and you don't have insurance, right. you're done. And, uh, you know, in our area, especially, uh, there's everything's being built out so much that like Wilton and Gansport and even Greenfield Center now. And, and you go out in any mm-hmm. direction. Property values have gone crazy. They've skyrocketed, and so consequently, the buildings that they're put that are put on there, the homes are very expensive. I mean, my daughter can't afford to live in Saratoga. I mean, she was born here in Saratoga, and, and I can't afford to live here anymore. I no. grew up here. Yeah, I, know. I can't afford to live it's here sad. anymore. It's it too really expensive. Is sad. And I can't afford two thousand dollars a month for an apartment. No, it doesn't mean that I'm a bad, well, and plus I'm not I'm not a bad tenant because the idea is, oh, if you can't afford it, then you must not be a good tenant, which is absurd. Yeah, one has nothing to do with the other. Think of all the rich people that have destroyed Airbnbs. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Well, As, one has nothing to do with the other. We've got one in back of us, and that's why I'm kind of glad that. Um, well, both um, Chris Matheson, who ran for mayor, uh, and John Safford, who won the election priorities on their list was to rein in the um how home situation where uh land landlords are buying home or people are buying homes not living in them and renting them out and it's happening more and more in the cities we have one in back of us and it's terrible Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they stay one or two nights and they party out in the back. And uh, right, and because they have no connection to the community, they don't care if they offend you. They don't care if you're angry. They don't care if you have lost sleep or you have, you know, you have a migraine or whatever, because they're exactly. not they have no connection to the community. Right. They have no invested interest. And that's one of the things that the two of them are, you know, we're going to do. But now, John is going to carry that through. I mean, that is a big problem. It's getting to be a big problem in Saratoga. And also what that affects is cost of housing because that raises property values because uh, in our case with the uh, people in the back, there was a family that wanted to buy the house. Now the landlords moved to California, but their daughter and grandchild lived out there and they were great neighbors. So they, put the house in a real estate agent's hand. And um, so this family was put an offer on the house and this guy upped it. And uh, the family, you know, raised it a little bit. I mean, they couldn't afford a lot. Let's say the house was going for 300, 300 and some thousand dollars. And the guy just kept bidding up in chunks and paid 400 and some thousand for the house and the family couldn't do it. And the owners of the house were devastated because they didn't want that to happen, but what could they do? And now you have elderly neighbor, elderly neighbors on each side of that house. So when the people are that are there for two or three nights, uh, they have a wood, uh, thing out in the backyard and a built-in swimming pool and they're partying and these people go to bed at eight o'clock at night and which is early don't get me wrong but mm-hmm. they're up until 12 one o'clock in the morning can't can't do anything mm-hmm. and i don't think neighborhoods should have to be affected like that right so you drive up the price of every other home 
so that the average person can't afford to buy a home that was built in the 70s or mm-hmm. the 60s. And that's not right. And uh, that's why cities get out of hand and doesn't take very much to crash once you get on the top. I, I said to John one time last year when he was on the show, John Safford, that one uh, mayor, I said, uh, you know, it takes a long time to build a city up to the way Saratoga is now, but it doesn't take too much to have it slide down the hill. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things I think is you can price yourself out of the market and and then what are you going to have? Because a lot of our um, condo, the people that spend the five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars for the condos aren't year round residents. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're snowbirds. Right. So, uh, you know, so you don't have that uh, connection with the citizen connections with for year round, you know, and um, I don't know who knows what the answer is. I don't think anybody will ever figure it out. Because it's people think Saratoga is a very rich area, but it's not. It's uh, it's made up of a lot of citizen working class people who are trying to pay a mortgage that. Um, right. And the irony, high. too, is that I've seen the proliferation of what I call the non-working class. And I'll just give you an example. And I'm not trying to throw everybody under the bus at StoneQuest. But Stonequist is not what it once was. When I was growing up, Stonequist was strictly for elderly people. Mm-hmm. It was a nice community. So was Raymond Watkins. And those two properties are a former shell of what they used to be and what they were intended for. Um, and that's a shame yeah. because you have a bunch of people who have a lot of issues they're paying $50 in rent, $100 in rent, $200 in rent. And meanwhile, somebody like, like me who works all the time, and I look at the amount of taxes that are taken out of my check, and it's it's unbelievable, the amount of taxes. Oh. And then I go home to my apartment building, and I actually see what I'm paying for. Most people don't get a chance to see what they're paying for right. because they have enough money where they can insulate themselves to get away from it. Exactly. But I'm seeing all the people that don't work get a check every month. All they do is drink all day, smoke all day. And don't they're not contributors. These are not people that volunteer in the community. They don't do anything. They don't contribute anything. And yet that's allowed. You know what I mean? I like people that pay $50 a month or $100 a month or $200 a month, they're not contributing anything to the community in which they live. And yet working class people are literally being pushed out. People that go to the bars, go to the restaurants, would like to do those things, are active in the community. Do They do volunteer. I've always volunteered. I've always volunteered places. And see, I can't blame the people that are running like that, that don't take part because they can't afford it. But yet, we, we should be building for the people that work downtown, mm-hmm. that in the restaurants well, what about places that, for artists, like up-and-coming artists? How well, about having artist communities? Well, that but and that's what I'm saying. And I just use the fact because we have so many restaurants that waitresses and can't cooks afford to live here. and dishwashers can't afford to live here, so they're living way outside the city. They're living in Schuylerville or Boston Spa. A ton of money to get in here, and they probably. I, I had somebody send me something on Facebook. 
which I thought was kind of funny. And it said, um, the biggest scam in life, you pay taxes on the money you make, you uh, taxes on the money you spend, mm-hmm. uh, and taxes on the things you own that you are already paid taxes on with already taxed money. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I, I mean, these progressive taxes that we pay, um, are kind of crazy. You buy a new car for thirty thousand dollars. You pay tax on thirty thousand dollars. You go to sell it for twenty thousand dollars to get another car. That person has to pay taxes on the twenty thousand dollars when it was paid on the full value of the car and down the line. It's a scam. So I, yeah, I, I just um, that's why I'm for a flat tax. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think a flat tax. This country should have gone to a flat tax years ago. Where everybody paid the same amount of tax. On well, and I'm also for if you're able-bodied, you have to work. Yeah. You might not be able to work 40 hours a week, but you could work 10 or 20. Yeah. I think everybody who's able-bodied, you could be doing something. Oh, especially today with, uh, I mean, you go into a place like McDonald's where they have three people working and they're trying to keep the store open uh, because nobody wants to work. It's 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 crazy today, mm-hmm. and I don't know what the but honestly, I don't think the housing issue is going to be solved soon. Uh, ten minutes left. I want to get into the election results, but I have to say that you're listening to WSPN 91.1 FM on Skidmore Radio. Phone number in the studio is 518-580-5783. And um, today is Veterans Day, November 11th. And uh, we have the streaming back uh on Skidmore Radio, which uh, we had a big celebration because of that. So now you can listen to it anywhere where the stream goes. And uh, I know it goes all over the U.S. and the territories and hopefully farther than that. But uh, we're back on stream. Let's talk about the election results. I uh, had uh, Chris Matisse on last week. Yeah, um, I heard the show. It was a great show. Yeah, Yeah. uh, candidate for mayor. and uh, Matt Veach, uh, our mm-hmm, county Matt's supervisor yep. who got reelected, um, and the other ones didn't want to come on. So, uh, you know, I, I don't I, I really don't play favorites. People probably think I do because I have like Matt's on giving us an update on mm-hmm. what's going on in the county from time to time. And uh, but I don't uh, you know, the more people that are on for me, the better. So I don't kind of. Um, let people not come on. Whoever wants to come on can come on. So, but I had Chris on. Very, very good guy. Um, like him a lot. And John has been on for years because he's run for different, different things. And he's a very sharp guy. So, what do you think about the election? You had asked me my picks during the uh, before yeah. the election. Night, yeah, I was like, who do you think's gonna win? I think I picked them all. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other the other one for supervisor, I picked the wrong one. Uh, well, this Matt new won. trend that I see in politics of nobody's going to endorse me, but I'm going to run anyway. I like that. Yeah. I like the spirit of that. Like, yeah. I don't need a party to back me. I can do it myself. That I like. I, that's something I can relate to. Yeah. I, I see that as a as a trend in politics that you're not going to need the blessing of your quote unquote party. Right. Well, the, yeah, I guess, uh, see, our form of government here, and we, I was talking about this with Chris and with John, um, 
only allows a person to run for office that is, um, I don't know, John Frank put it one way, you have to be independently wealthy, you have to own your own business, or you have to be retired. Um, and he's that's, right. that he's right. Oh yeah. That that's just this form of government. That's the way, the way it operates. Who, who can, is it still like $15,000 a year? Something crazy? Uh, like that? No, it's uh 14,200, I think. <laughs> and, um, and one of the things welfare recipients get more yeah, than that. And one of the things that Chris, well, the deputies, uh, Chris is saying, uh, the deputies in the budget now, their salary is going up to 90-some thousand dollars. Wow. And he said, so the deputies are getting 90-some thousand and the uh, commissioners are getting 14,200. So that deters a lot of people from running for office. But right. no, I agree with you. The independent um, sector of voters is growing. Uh, people that don't want to be associated with a party. I think tired people are tired of towing the party line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because as much as I consider myself a conservative, my criticism of conservatives is they don't do anything. No. They don't do anything. Yeah. No. Yeah. Liberals are crazy. But tell me something I don't know. And what are you doing about it? See, I'm I'm an independent, but I but party doesn't mean anything to me. I mean. People are good, and uh, there there's good Democrats and there's good Republicans, and a person should be able to vote not straight across the, uh, the row, uh, but on who's running and what they're going to do or what they did, you mm -hmm. know. And I, a lot of people still just go across, and you can look at the votes and how they they. Well, what's your out. view on why do you think Ron lost? Talking about Ron Kim, the mayor. Why do you think he lost? Well, I have my guess. To, you know, as I to know why Ron. Lost, I know Ron, but but there was, I don't think he, he made a pretty decent public uh, safety commissioner. Yes, but I think the the mayor's position was over his head, and I think that uh, he didn't know how to handle uh, things, and uh, meetings got out of hand. They had to cancel meetings because people in the audience uh, mm -hmm. were protesting attacked the that was a table. huge turnoff for the public right and i think that the public turned on him then right the public was like well, no we're not having anything and i think people that were initially on the side of ron kim and on the side of blm turned their backs on both well that you know that's it and i think they turned their backs on two things i mean i don't like to give my political opinions on the air other than I think we need a charter change, <laughs> but I, I, um, I think there were too many things that went wrong because I, I feel that Ron just couldn't handle the position. And I mean, you know, we lost the, uh, insurance, uh, travelers insurance because, uh, he got rid of the risk and safety manager and never replaced Maryland. Um, and the insurance company took note of that and said, well, we won't be able to insure you anymore. So to get another insurance company, it's going to cost the city, I heard, uh, an estimate of $800,000 more for the yearly premium. So it's going to bring it up close to, I think, $2 million mm -hmm. is, a year. Is the school district, somebody told the me this district is, suing is suing the mayor the and the city right. because uh, the city forgot to tax the um, one of the businesses in the Grandy Park with this I, I i mean i don't pretend to understand all of it but payment in lieu of taxes that they give businesses um when they first come in to attract new businesses and to into um you know parks like that 
uh, something that they didn't bill in the first of the year. So the city school, the district didn't get the tax money of a couple hundred thousand dollars. So they're suing the city to kind of come together to make a make a deal. And, you know, there were other things, uh, small things. I mean, grading employees with foul language in the city hall uh, and being taped by that. And uh, I, like I said, I think the pressure was too much for him. He didn't do a good job. And, and it very rarely does an incumbent in Saratoga lose, uh, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's I, not I an easy job. There are no easy jobs, and that's definitely not no, one of them. Not. It's a very and, public and job. what it does, I mean, there's five commissioners, five different departments, mm-hmm. and they don't work together because Five very of, different personalities. Right, and because of the way this form of government is set up, they cannot interact with each other. And that makes it very difficult when your mayor um, wants to approach the public safety commissioner about a problem and the public safety commissioner, I'm only using this as an example, mm-hmm. public safety commissioner says, look, stay out of my department. That has nothing to do with you. That kind of causes bad blood between the working relationships and makes it difficult on the staff of each department. And I think that was happening a lot more too. Um, you know, the workers in City Hall felt like they had to be divided and that doesn't make for a great work environment. But like I said, I know Ron, he's, he's a good guy. He is a good guy. Sometimes I think positions mm-hmm. just can't be handled um, mm-hmm. the way they should be. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, it is what it is. Politics, I'm glad I don't have anything to do with it, except <laughs> for charter change. <laughs> I keep throwing that in, you know, I, I like that. But uh, anyway, uh, Nancy, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I hope people come out for the show tomorrow in the State Park. It's from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. State Park, Roosevelt 2 Building, the Saratoga Experience. Hope to see you there. All right. And we'll have you back on. Uh, you can let us know about how the show went, what you got planned. And I want to hear about that coffee table book. And All right. Coming along with okay. it. Okay. <laughs> okay. And bring some pictures in. We'll show them on the air. All right. You know? <laughs> okay. Hey, right now.